How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're tuning into Tongue Zhao Podcast, and let's just jump right into it. Uh, so today, I want to talk about something, uh, like I promised yesterday, we're going to talk about something positive. We're going to keep this one pretty short. Um, this is financial related, but it's actually pretty interesting. I'm going to pop a, a question for you guys, and, and I want to see what you guys, uh, how you guys respond to this. Um, so I wish there was a way I could just like do this live and just like have people call in and tell me what they, what they would prefer. But, um, funny story when I was 18, I got into, uh, my one and only, you have to get like one of these out of your system. I'm glad I got it done when I was like 18 years old. Um, or I was, I think I was 19 when I was 19 years old, I did a multi-level marketing business. If you don't know what that is, uh, they're, uh, called MLMs or sometimes people call them pyramid schemes. There is very frequent that most MLMs can become pyramid schemes. There are those businesses that you hear from people all the time that are like, Hey, I have this like really cool um, product or service that I think would be super beneficial for you. Um, and then you're like, Oh yeah, what is it? And like, can you tell me about it? It's, and then they always segue with, you know, I, I would love to tell you over the phone, but it's going to take about like 30 minutes of your time. And it would probably be better if I just like met you at your place or whatever. It, it always like almost every MLM always turns out to be that way. And um, the one I did when I was 19 was a company. I don't think they exist anymore, but it was a company called prepaid legal. Uh, one of my friends uh, at the time, his best friend, uh, his family was, did really well with it, you know? And if you do, if you get in early on an MLM, I will say this, if you get in early enough and you work really hard, you can always do really well with an MLM. Um, if it's a good enough idea, I actually know like a, a couple right now that is doing super well with it. They tried getting me involved with it. And, um, I just, I know I just didn't, I've tried it once and I, I just don't like the business models, but um, you know, they got in really early with, with a company that came out recently here in Las Vegas and they've just been doing super well with it and I couldn't be happier for them. But nine times out of 10, most people that get involved with it, they just don't do too well because it requires you to sell, um, both a product and then the, the, the idea of the business itself. So you have to initially pay a fee and you get like um, access to like their platform and your, your own like little website. And then essentially you get paid for the service, but you don't get paid as much unless you recruit people underneath you and then they sell the service as well. And so essentially your commission's locked depending on the amount of people that you have signed up underneath you. The more people you have signed up underneath you, the more your potential commission per thing that you sell becomes higher and then you make a, a, a cut or residual from every cell that of every person that you sign up underneath you. And so that's why they tend to call them like pyramid schemes almost because it, I mean, essentially it is a pyramid. It always originates from you. And then you have kind of like a branching off of, of people underneath you that are working as well. And it tends to be the person at the very top that makes the most. And then the people going down, um, they're trying to play like catch up to get to where your level is. But, um, Prepaid legal, I actually enjoyed. It was uh, I, I used the service a lot at the time. I was a uh, I like to speed a lot. I like to drive really fast. I was a very reckless individual. I had a Celica or a Toyota Celica GTS. 
was a little sports car. Um, it had like a little kit inside of it and everything of that nature. And so I used to get pulled over by the cops a lot driving that car. It just looks like a car that is just, if you, if you pull up an image of it in 2000, what was this? Like 2007, it looks like the type of car that you're just going to get pulled over in a lot, especially when you have like LEDs coming off of it and everything of that nature. But, um, so yeah, anyways, uh, I guess sign up for prepaid legal. I it, essentially what it was, was you, uh, you paid a monthly fee and you could always have an attorney on retainer whenever you needed it. So if you ever got into trouble and you needed a lawyer to like write a letter, or if you needed an attorney to represent you in court, uh, depending on how much you paid per month, you would have uh, different access to different lawyer services. And it actually worked out. And I, I used it a lot. I had a lot of friends that used it as well, especially if you wanted to like create your own will um, or if you wanted some like legal documents to be sent to a business because they took advantage of you. It, it worked out really well. And I did it for a bit. I believed in the product, but I just hated selling it. And most of the time with MLMs, they really focus on you to push really hard your family and friends. So that's why I know a majority of people that have listened to this have probably had one person in their life try to sign up, sign them up for some kind of um, multi-level business. Um, I did it for like a year and it just wasn't for me. I had prepaid legal for about like three years and then I dropped it because I, I started to become more of a responsible person and I do reckless decisions. Um, and then one of the cool things though about MLMs that if you one of the ways they attract people is that they, they get people sold on the idea that you, uh, you are finally an entrepreneur and like you're, you're, this is your own business. Essentially it's not, but it's, it's your business. They, they tell you to treat it like it's your, your own business. And so they give you a lot of motivational books and material to kind of get you into the entrepreneurial mindset because the more you get sucked into that mindset, the more you're going to want to perform and work really hard and gener- generate a lot of income. So some of the, like the, the best top branch people, what they would do is they would get you sucked into this entrepreneurial mindset. And so my friends, uh, my friend that signed me up, his friend's family was like, did super well with this. So they like pushed it really well. And I'll never forget. There was this book. Um, and I've heard people bring it up in the past and it's an interesting book. Um, but there's just one, one part of it that, and, and this is what the, the podcast is going to be about. Sorry about this like whole like six minutes to get to the point. But I want to talk about compounding interest. A lot of people don't know about it. And this is actually something that's super important for most people to understand because a lot of people know what interest is, but they don't understand the idea of compounding interest. And so this book that I was in, interested to was called, or an, um, not interested into, uh, um, uh, told about or like, you know, revealed to me. Why am I, I, I'm losing my train of thought for a second there. Essentially, there was a story in there at the very beginning of the book that just hit me really hard. And at the time, I was also about to get into studying like the stock market. And so like the two like molded together and made me want to become an investor, investor even more. I think that was like one of the reasons why I even stopped selling prepaid legal because I saw the bigger picture and I want to get up, get away from that and get into like the stock market. And so essentially the story goes like this. There's a dying father, very, very wealthy father. He has two sons and he, uh, he has a dying wish for his son. 
his two sons. And so he has each one of them come to him individually on his deathbed. And he tells them that on his will, he's going to leave them um, one or the other choice to choose from of, of for their financial, like the for their inheritance. One of them was that they were going to get a penny on day one, but the the premise was that the penny would double in value every day for 30 days. And so uh, that was one inheritance. And then the other inheritance was a flat $1 million. You got $1 million. And so one of the sons, it made perfect sense for him. He was like, oh my God, I could take the million dollars and I'm going to take the million dollars and invest it into a mutual fund, put it into the stock market. Um, and I'm going to generate huge returns right now. The returns are like five to 7%, you know, by year 30 or by year, like 20, I'm going to be ultra rich from this. I'm going to be a billionaire. And, um, the other son takes the penny. He chooses the penny and his other brother, brother mocked him. The one that chose a million. He was like, why'd you choose the penny? That, that's so dumb. A penny that doubles a day. Do you even know how much that is? It's going to be like only like a, a few thousands of dollars. That's it. Like, what are you, um, what are you thinking? And his brother who um, learned a lot from his father, learned a lot about how to manage money was like, trust me, you know, I made the right decision. And his other brother was like, no way, man, you're crazy. And he was like, we'll see. We'll see by uh, day 30 who's going to have more money. He was like, easy. I'm going to have more money. You're not even, well, how are you going to flip $10,000 or $20,000 into, you know, millions of dollars? It's impossible. You can't do it. There's no returns like that out there. And even then, if there's those kind of returns, I'm just going to be already ahead of you because I have a million dollars. And so the two brothers go off, their father passes away, and they follow up with each other every week. And, um, the one brother that takes a penny, he reached out to his other brother and he asked him, how is he doing? And his brother's like, I'm doing great. You know, I put my, my stocks into, uh, I've diversified them. I got a financial advisor to help me f- locate the right mutual funds and the right stocks to put into, you know, I, I'm more f- so young. So I'm investing into super risky, um, risky investments because I'm capable of doing that, but I'm still have some security with some of my money and bonds and cash. And he was like, you know, my, my money's being managed pretty well. And, and he asked his brother, he was like, you know, how are you doing with your penny that doubles a day? And he was like, um, I'm at, I think, 33 cents right now and or like 32 cents. And his brother's like, oh, my God. He was like, you know, if you need help from me, I'll always be here, you know, little brother. Like, I'll always have your back. This, I know you probably made the wrong choice. And this was probably a trick by our dad. But you know, if you ever need help, trust me in the long run, I'll take care of you as one. His brother was like, no, I'll be fine. And he was like, okay, another week goes by. This is halfway through the month. The, the, the older brother reached out to his little brother now. And he's like, brother, brother, you know, I just made a hundred thousand dollars. I made 10% of a return in two weeks. It's amazing. I'm doing so well. How are you doing? You know, do you need any help? Do you need anything? And he was like, no, I'm doing fine. And he was Asked him, how much money do you have right now? And his brother was like, uh, I think I'm at like $16 right now. And his brother is just like, man, you know, I'm so sorry. And 
Another week goes by. This is the third week into the month. This is day 21. Younger brother reached out to his older brother. You know, older brother, how are you doing? You know, um, after paying like these, uh, almost a month has gone by. I've had to pay my financial advisor a little bit of money. But essentially, I haven't moved up too much. I think I have like a million two hundred thousand. So, you know, I'm I'm making a good amount of money. You know, almost twenty percent less than twenty one days. And he asks his younger brother. He's like, you know, I I don't want to ask you this, and I don't want to have to you know bring this up to you. But I, I I'm just curious. You know, how's your penny a day? How's it going? And his younger brother's like, you know, it's I think it's like a hundred and thirty two dollars. And his older brother's like, you're getting so close. There's only nine days away. Um, you know, are you sure? Maybe we can go back. Maybe we can reach out to the executor of, of the will. Maybe we can have them take back all this money and just give you the million dollars. Please, brother, please. And his his younger brother's like, no. I'm I'm going to stick with this. Trust me. And finally on day day 30, the two brothers reach out to each other. This is the big day. And the older brother, the younger brother reached out to his older brother and asked him how's everything going. He just saw on the news that there was a financial market crash and the stocks have dropped, you know, tremendously. And his older brother says, you know, I made great returns right before it happened and I was able to get out pretty quickly, but essentially I'm back to zero. I'm back to a million dollars. You know, I lost 200 grand this last week and it was difficult, but you know, at least I still have the million dollars and I have it liquid and I'm able to, uh, you know, when the, when the time is right to get back into the market. And he asked his little brother, he was like, you know, little brother, you know, today's the day that your, your penny stops doubling. How much, how much, you know, was it a thousand dollars? Was it, you know, was it $5,000? I mean, when I spoke with you last week, it was only $130. And his younger brother was like, um, here, let me show you. Let me show you how much money I have in the bank. And the, and the older brother comes and looks at the screen and he can't believe it. He doesn't believe it. And his his younger brother's like I, I promise you this is just if you look at the a history of the account this is no money was added it was just the penny that doubled a day and his older brother's like that's impossible you can't have this much do you know how much money that younger brother had in his account on day thirty after a penny one penny that doubled every single day so imagine day one one penny day two two pennies day three four pennies day four eight pennies right by like day like I was saying, every week it was just like the numbers I was bringing up, more or less. You know how much money the little brother had? Little brother had $5,368,709.12 on day 30. I know it's not like, an, uh, like a pure number. I mean, I could have rounded it up, but I wanted you guys to know the exact number. If you took a penny a day, doubled it for 30 days, you would have $5 million dollars. that's the power of compounding interest. When I learned that at 19 years old and I did the math myself, I sat there on a calculator, you know, I, this is before I knew anything about Excel or I mean, I knew about Excel, but I just didn't have Excel in front of me at the time. I had a calculator though, and I went on a calculator. I couldn't believe it. So if you go on yourself right now, take a penny, 
times it by two, then click that calc- the equal sign 29 more times. It's unbelievable. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And then that's the power of compounding interest. But essentially what the little brother knew that the older brother didn't was that his return was going to generate a hundred percent of, of interest every single day, which is impossible nowadays. But essentially, if you learn the power of compounding interest, instead of him taking the money out when it was like at a million dollars on day 23, I think it is where no, it's on day 30 or day 28. I think it's a million dollars, something like that. On day 28, he could have easily just taken the money out, but he knew he had two more days and the money would double again. And so um, instead of him just touching the money, then he he knew to just sit and wait to allow that the interest to just compound. And it's like a snowball. It starts off small, but when it starts to roll down a hill with more snow on it, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And so investors, this is how they generate their billions of dollars because they've learned the power of compounding interest. Because essentially what they do is they put their money in stocks. They, they, their stocks make a certain amount of money every quarter, every year. And instead of them collecting the money out of their stocks, that's why when you hear a lot of billionaires on like the, the Forbes like top 500 billionaires in the world, uh, like 90% of their wealth is in the market. It's not liquid. It's not cash. They, they don't have it available immediately for them to just sell. They might have like, you know, $1 billion in a bank, but a majority of their billions are in the stock market. And the reason why is because that money, they don't ever take out. They leave it in there because every time that money generates more interest, they let that money go back into more buying more stocks and that stock buy or generate more interest that then buys more stock. And essentially when you start with a thousand dollars, you know, over 30 years because of compounding interest, your thousand dollars becomes a million dollars. Not because you have a hundred percent return rate. Most of the time the return rate's like 8% on average with the stock market in the last 20 years. But if you do the math, if you go to a financial calculator and take a thousand dollars, set for 30 years at 8% return, it's unbelievable how much money that, that, that makes. But the problem is that people see the wealth and they start to take, collect a little bit of money out of it as it's generating that money. And that's the worst thing you could do because you're siphoning all the potential growth from the compounding interest. And so that's why um, scientists, for instance, they know compounding interest is such a big deal because, for instance, as a, a real-life scenario, COVID-19, for instance, um, it started off in most states, low numbers. When you saw the numbers, they started off like two people, 10 people, like day, day, like day 28, it was like a hundred people. And then it was like day 29, day 30, day 31. It was like, it went from a hundred people to a thousand to 20,000 people because the power of compounding interest is just unbelievable depending on the, on the return that you have on the originating number. And so when I learned that at such a young age, I was just like, oh my God, it's a long game. I'm not going to be a day trader. No, day trading is so fascinating to me. And it still is. I have a lot of friends that make stupid money on day trading, but it's just so stressful because you have to literally never sleep. (laughs) You're working all the time in front of a computer and you're just constantly um, trading all the time when the market's open and you're waiting for like little little changes to occur and you're you're maximizing on the changes on the ups and downs of the market itself. 
And I was like, screw that, man. I I'm not a greedy person. I never will be. If I ever have my own business, immediately I know for a fact 20% of the revenue I'm going to generate is going to go to donations. It's going to go back to society. It's going to go to my local community one way or the other. Um, I'm always going to give back to people that served in the military, 100%, going to give them a, a discount. You know, even if it's 25, 30%, I'm going to give them a discount. Um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I will charge more to the people that can afford it. So then I can give back to the people that need the help. That's always how I've always envisioned. I'm not a greedy person. I only need enough money to do the things I want to do in life. That's why, I mean, honestly, I, with the knowledge that I have, I could easily have been a millionaire by now. Easy, easy, not no problems whatsoever. I just don't care for it. I just want to put in a little bit of money here and there, just away, let it just generate growth. And I don't care. I'm, I'm 33. I want to retire at like the age 50, you know, that to me. And I, the way I handle retirement anyways, I like take breaks from employment every, like the last 10 years, I've probably taken six years of breaks, you know, worth four years and taken six years off. Um, and I, I enjoy doing it that way. And I know that if I just consistently put money in the market, that by the time I get old enough, you know, that that little bit of money is going to generate a huge amount of wealth for me. Not huge, but enough wealth for me that it'll be enough for me to to take my family out wherever we need to go, pay for my daughter's tuitions if she wants to go to college, if she doesn't want to go to college, help her start a business. And I, this is one of the things I want to teach her, like one of the first things I want to teach my daughter early on. Because if a child learns that very early, I mean, that the the probability of them doing well financially in life is just black and white. Honestly, if you use it, look at the statistics, science, when they when you look at parents that talk to their kids about budgeting, investing, and and making sure not to just spend willy nilly on things. And look, I'm a spender. This stuff all around me right now is, I mean, easily probably, I don't know, five grand worth of equipment just all around me. And that's like my computer. That's the the amp that I'm using for this uh, um, podcasting. The mic itself, everything, you know, probably equates to maybe. Uh, sorry, that's probably a little high. Probably like thirty five hundred dollars. And uh, I enjoy just I like to spend things or I like to to buy technology. It's just always been one of my favorite things to do, and I'll I'll never stop doing that. But as long as you take just a little bit of your annual income, 15%, they say if you can take 15% of your annual income and put it away and invest it, then if you give yourself 30 years, you'll be completely fine. And then there's a rule of 4%. And so I'm getting off the subject of compounding interest, but I hope, you know, from the, from the story earlier, I told you and you going out there and looking it up. I mean, you can even Google it. That's how I came up with the number exactly before I would have to manually do it. But enough people have heard about this that you can Google it. Google what happens to a penny when you double it for 30 days. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But, um, you know, that means, that means on day 31, you would have $10 million. <laughs> if that father was like, you know, I'll let you have the penny for 31 days, doubling up every 30 day or for every day for 31 days, it'd be $10 million. But anyways, once you have, um, the, the best way to know, how to forever live off of a, a lump sum of money is you take your annual spending rate or your your expenses and 
how much you want to spend on things. Let's say it's $50,000. The rule is the rule of 4%. So you take $50,000. So I'll do it right now. I normally hate being on my computer or here. Let me do it on my cell phone. So you take $50,000, right? Let's say I spend 50 grand. I mean, shit, let's say 75 grand. Let's say my annual spending I want to have is 75 grand, but I never want to touch the principle of the balance, right? You divide that by 0.04 to live off of 4%. So essentially when you live off of 4%, if you have this much money I'm about to say in a, a, like a equity fund that generates at least 4% return, which is easy. I mean, honestly, you could get CDs that generate 3.5%, 4% annual CDs. But like if you just leave it in a mutual fund, if you have this much money, you can live 75 grand annually off of 4% and your principal will never go down. It will just actually probably if you put it in the market, it'll increase every year so you can collect more and more. If you have $1,875,000 saved up, which you could easily do if you put away 15% of your net worth at like 50 grand a year um, for like 30 years. If you have $1,875,000, if your annual spend is 75 grand, just, you know, not including working or investing in other things or doing whatever, just from that investment, if off of 4%, you'll always make 75 grand off just interest. And you could just leave the principal balance and never touch it. And you'll just always be doing fine. And so what you do is you take whatever your annual income is and you divide it by the percentage that, uh, uh, or you divide it by 4%. So let's say you wanted um, $150,000 a year, divide that by 0.04%, you would need essentially $3,750,000 if you wanted to make $150,000 a year just to spend on whatever you wanted to spend on, vacations, travel, real estate investments, you name it, whatever. You would need to save up at least $3,750,000. For some of you listening to this, that's very realistic. You know, I know a lot of you guys have probably already have that, you know, and investments and things of that nature. You're good to go. You could right now retire, live off of 4%, and your your worth will always, you know, be right there. Um, and you never have to worry about your principal balance disappearing, which is just awesome. So when you learn about compounding interest, Look it up, research it. It is the one thing. If you don't care about investing, finances, or anything, it's the one thing that I know for every single person, they learn about compounding interest and just how powerful it is. They'll they'll reach out to me and be like, dude, I want to start getting into stock trading. I want to start getting into, you know, investing in real estate. I want to start getting into like, you know, starting my own business and generating returns. I want to get into like something safe, like CDs, mutual funds, IRAs, you know, 401ks, something to just generate interest. You know, uh, I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's the right mindset to have. But anyways, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, and uh, tomorrow I have, again, I never know what I want to talk about, but this was just one that I just, I've always wanted to, to I, every time I bring it up to people, they just never believe the story until they like, I sit down with, with them on a calculator and I click like the equal sign 29 times and by the time it hits like the, like day 22, they're like, oh my God, what the heck? And then by the day 30, it's just always awesome to show them that number. But uh, yeah, again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will catch you guys tomorrow for tomorrow's you know Tongues Out podcast. Peace, guys.